This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. Hello, welcome to the program. Uh, Cam Poitras here uh, down at the Hockey for All Center. Uh, it's Winnipeg Jets development camp. There's tons of stuff going on here. There was a massive crowd at one point. Oh. It's it's uh, it's cleared out. We've got Jamie Thomas here. Jim, you're back down in Winnipeg. Jim, how you doing? I am in downtown Winnipeg, gentlemen. Yeah, Winnipeg. I'm doing I guess well. I'm in Winnipeg too. Yeah, yeah, you are. Well, on the outskirts. Just so you know, we're in Winnipeg. Yeah, we're on the outskirts, and Jamie must uh, must be happy that uh, he's back in Winnipeg after that trip to Nashville. Yeah, that got was, lots of sleep. That was uh, something else. Big big sleeper on the road, Jamie Thomas. Oh. I told you, first day that you get on the road is like you're, that's your sleep-in moment because you're just so re- relieved not to have somebody asking you a million questions or somebody telling you what to do. So you, you get out on the road, you get to your hotel room, you go to bed early, and everybody's, what did you do last night? I'm like, uh, slept. <laughs> See, th- this is the insight for these young prospects. Don't just land in New York and go crazy. Get yeah, some like, sleep that first night. Sleep first, worry about the other stuff later. That's that's what the advice I, I would give to anybody that plays in the NHL nowadays. Get your run in, get your walk walking, yeah. get your 10,000 steps, yeah. you know, talk hit, to some people, hit the sheets early. There you go. That's now that's living. <laughs> I am a wild and crazy guy. <laughs> um, you know, just down here at, uh, at, at Jets development camp, uh, there was a, you know what? I, I think it was busier than training camp, Jamie. Yeah, it, it sure felt like it. And I yeah. think when you haven't had this for the last three years of my man, no, that's like four years now, yeah. 2019, I think people are generally excited about seeing, you know, the Jets' future, and there are lots of reasons to be excited, and, you know, you get, you get lots of questions. Mm-hmm. Is this guy going to be good? We don't know. Yeah. That, that, I mean, there's it sure is a lot of people. When I was in Nashville, a lot of people were like, well, I can't believe Colby Barlow fell that far. Mm-hmm. But I think that's been the consistent theme here. I didn't think Jazz Lucius was going to fall as far as he did. Kyle Connor. Col- yeah, Cole Perfetti. They're just... They, they've done well in the first round. It's the other stuff. And I, I think, you know, Jacob Julian's a, a surprise player from the London Knights. There's, I mean, there's some good players. Thomas Millage. Yeah. You know, a guy won a gold medal at the World Juniors, uh, won the Western Hockey League Championship, almost won the Memorial Cup as well. So there's some pedigree there is in there too. So, but, you know, a lot of people want to see Rucker McGrody. Yeah. You know, Chaz Lucius. I know that he spent some time with the Manitoba Moose. Of course, Brad Lambert. So there's, and then Dominic DiVincentis. Yeah. Uh, guy went on Ontario Hockey League goaltender of the year. Uh, first team all-star, second team all-star in the CHL. So there's, there's some reason to be excited. And, you know, anytime Jets fans can come down and watch hockey in July, I'm sure they're happy with that. That's for sure. I mean, and you look, and there's some very, very intriguing forwards mm-hmm. here, right? And there's a lot of reason for people to be excited. And it's about the potential, right? Mm-hmm. It's about where this team could go. Where are they going to fit? Where you, are they coming up? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you're really starting to see the next generation of Winnipeg Jets start to start to come in, right? Yeah. Um, I, you know, you, you mentioned some some goaltender David Chentis, mm-hmm. uh, Milich, and, and and of course the intriguing forwards Lambert, Lucius, uh, Rucker McGordy, Colby Barlow, who you were speaking about. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about him in just a second. But on defense, is there anybody? Like I know, there's uh, Solomonson, Lyle Solomonson. Yeah, he was a second round pick yeah. a number of years ago. Yeah, Solomonson has a lot. Like had a great year over in Sweden too, right? And, and you just realize the size of him. You know, Tyrell Bauer. I know was a seventh round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, comes from my hometown of Cochrane, Alberta. Had a great year with the Manitoba Moose. Uh, tough as nails. Uh, yeah. The, you know, st- I mean, there, there's little things. Um, Kuzman, uh, Dimitri Kuzman is here yeah. as well. Uh, uh, had a great career in, in the Ontario Hockey League. Um, so there's 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 some and Johannesson also mm-hmm. a highly uh, gifted player offensively, a, a little on the smaller side. But you know the game is allows for those smaller defensemen to thrive. And so I, I think there's 
there's some places to be excited about, but just where does this all fit in? There's a log jam at defense right now and within yeah. the organization. So, I mean, this is a, these guys are all a ways away. Um, Salamonson maybe a little bit further ahead of the curve than other guys. Uh, Bowers obviously with the moose, so mm -hmm. too. And then if you want that steady, tough defenseman, you know, that is going to defend your forwards and, and if things get out of control, I think Tyrell Bauer is a good shot that way too. But, I mean, it's all we're all dealing with potential right now and we'll have to see how this all shakes out. Uh, along those lines, off the ice, just as important as on the mm. ice is something like this. Like, it, it's it stood out to me, and maybe it's because it's been a couple of years, Jamie, but uh, seeing them in the room at Kendall Life Center, seeing them yeah. sort of interacting with each other, seeing, you know, Jimmy Roy and Mark Chipman and everybody addressing them. Um, yeah. There's been a lot of talk around this team and, and its um, culture the past couple of seasons. This is where it kind of starts, right? You never know where it's going to go with 18-year-olds by the time they're 26, 27, 28. But this is where kind of you put that imprint on them. And and the other thing that stood out to me is when I'm watching them in the, the dressing room of the Jets, yeah. like you can see, it's it's not a cliche to say, this is where I want to be. You can see it on their faces that, you know, I'm going to remember this when I'm watching a game back in my junior team or back in college and I see it on TV. I'm going to this is where I want to get to. Yeah, you look at a guy like Zach Nering who they got in the third round, right? Is is a lot of his family's here in Manitoba, and one of the things Mark Hillier told us of the draft, he flat out wants to be in Winnipeg, uh -huh. and this is an important thing now with with what's going on. I know a lot of other teams have had issues with this department uh, with American-born players, but I think you know that's the thing you want to hear. Is that somebody you know you see the video of him hugging his grandma. He's genuinely excited to be a Winnipeg Jet. You know, Rucker McGroy said last week, I can't wait to get to Winnipeg. These are the types of things and, and what you want to hear from players as they begin their time with the Jets. And for them to say, oh, Canada Life Center, we're just so excited to see it. Mm -hmm. We forget, as people that have covered this team, that kids, when they get drafted, and when you go to the draft, you forget that genuine excitement that they have just to be in the league. Yeah. And then somebody wants you. You're treated differently, and you know, in professional. That's what this is about. This is how you're going to be. This is how you're going to eat. This is what you have to do when you get to the when you get to the National Hockey League or even the Manitoba Moose, for that matter. This is the early part. They're enjoying it. They're it's fresh. They're excited, and I think it's hard not to get wrapped up in the excitement of these kids as they uh, learn about becoming a Winnipeg Jet eventually. Yeah, and. Uh... You were telling me some interesting stuff yeah. about some skates yeah. with Kobe Barlow and Rucker McGordy specifically. Yeah, we we did so we did the old hot lap around the rink, you know, mic'd up and uh, talking to players. First off, I have skate. Jim, you know that you understand this. My skates are from like 1998. I have Bowers from. I have, I, <laughs> you, you, you skate, you glide beautifully. Just, by the way, Jamie, I was watching you. and I was just like in awe. Thank yeah, you. There was like a, there was the like, skates. There was like a neon yeah. sort of aura around you. I don't know what was going on. I have some I got, Nike I, Air Jordan skates when those came out, and the players in the NHL just love them. With the pump? Yeah. <laughs> I think they lasted half a year, and they were like, these are junk. It gives, yeah. it gives you an extra quarter uh, you know, mile per hour speed oh. on the, with those things, man. That's I what the can pump glide does. with the best of them right now. And Jim, is like, Jim was so comfortable when he played. Like, I don't feel anything. I feel so light. Yeah, but, I, um, I was asked once if those are speed skates. I'm like, no, they're just from my childhood. Yeah. I know, and you get chirped now. Like, Lau, Adam Lauer gave me a hard time at the skills competition, but, you know. <laughs> his budget's a little bit different than my budget. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like, there's no, you don't take much of that. And then I got chirped by Rucker McGroarty and Colby Barlow, both about my skates. But that being said, <laughs> this isn't about my skates. It's about their skates. So Rucker McGroarty, I'm asking about, you know, his skate, what, what size he is, because I was going to see if he wanted to take my skates. And he said, I don't even know my size. That's because we get skates. He goes, I have no idea what size of skate I wear. And I'm like, and then Colby Barlow is still wearing gym. How about this? 
still wearing the same skate from Major Bantam. I, I know Major Bantam's 14, 15, and it's only three, four years ago, but he's still wearing the same skates from four years ago. Cause like the same like brand or like the same socks. skates? The same brand or the same skates? The, the, the exact, exact same skate yeah. boots. Wow. The exact same skate boot. They're beat to crap, and he's still wearing them. So I find that I find that very fascinating in this day and age where you, uh, you know, especially a major junior, where you probably get whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. If they, you need new skates, you get new skates. He likes he likes the skates. Yeah. yeah. Maybe somebody maybe someone's trying to talk him out of them. Yeah. Know? And Barlow gave away a stick yesterday and signed it. And he asked afterwards, "Am I allowed to even give these away?" So <laughs> yeah, you, you can't do that in junior. So. <laughs> No, that's, no. That's hilarious. A bit, again, the budget a little bit different, but it, I mean, so the the genuine innocence of this whole stuff, this whole experience, uh, it has been fantastic. Yeah, uh, Jamie, I wanted to ask you about some jet yeah, stuff uh, as well as oh, camp right. is going on too. Dylan Sandberg gets a yeah. deal, and and I obviously a bridge deal and and a raise for him. Um, Morgan yes. Barron, the only real surprise yeah. going to an arbitrator in my mind, but fair enough, good for him. Um, mm-hmm. There's still work to be done, right? And and I think that most of us are on on the same side that Kevin Chevaldeff has to get some of these RFAs taken care of and then look at what he can do. But mm-hmm. it's not just here in Winnipeg. Like there are a ton of teams when the Nylanders are out there and and um, you know Tarasenko and that weird yes. thing with his contract and his agents now and everything else. Mm-hmm. It just it, it's a mm-hmm. different market out there, and and there's still more work to be done. What do you think the Jets are, are going to do the rest of this summer? Well, like, first off, it, it is flat out and well known that this would be a crappy year to be an unrestricted free agent because of the cap. Yeah. I mean, and even the last three years, for that matter, it's not been great for anybody in that in that scenario. So you're just chomping at the bit. We've seen a lot of one-year deals, obviously, with just betting on themselves and, you know, knowing the cap's going to go up significantly, we think, next season. So um, to me, the Jets, I know, like, they're kind of – in this holding pattern, what's what is going to happen with Mark Shifley? What is going to happen with Connor Hellebuck? Mm-hmm. That, that I think that is still in the back of their minds, and I know Kevin Sheveldale said the other day that will leave significant holes within the organization, and it will definitely. But you can't tell me that's not sitting there. What what else you're going to do, or what else is coming in? So, um, you know, and then with Dylan Sandberg, uh, well deserved two year deal. Um, talk to him after the World Hockey Championship, and we've we've heard this before. When guys go to the World Hockey Championship. There's almost that, you know, you kind of have that pep in your step where you, you can play at a different level here. He said he started discovering more of his offensive game, which is what the coaching staff was harping on him last year. And mm-hmm. we knew that from flat out. You know, Rick Bonus said he wants them to jump in the play. He wants them to think offense. You know, and Dylan Sandberg, that's not his first, that's not his first read. You know, he's thinking defense first. And for him to kind of get that little more confidence from the offensive side of things, not that he's going to score 15 goals yeah. next season, that type of thing, but to have that idea that he, he can take that shot or you can jump on the play, I think that was important for him. So I think that's a solid contract. And Morgan Barron, that'll fall in the way it is, right? There's um, you, you value yourself in a certain way. Your agent values yourself in a certain way, and there's no question that he's going to be back next year. So I, I still think to me, guys, is that, what happens with 55 and 37 is mm-hmm. what's what's sitting here are they going to be here in september what does that look like and you remember darren drager made it clear and jets fans have to realize this the return that you're going to get for connor hellebuck and mark shifley is not going to be around what you're going to get what you got for pierre luc dubois no doubt dubois went somewhere signed eight years there's a big difference to that in that aspect too. So well, and he's 24, um, right? That, like, that to me is going to be hanging. I think that yeah, that, and that's the thing that exactly. I've been the past couple of days when people have yeah. talked to me about this. I'm like, it's it's a 24 year old center 
who is heading into his prime. Yes. The Tarasenko's, the Shifley's, the Hellebuck's, as good as they are, I, I think the best you hope for is that they stay this way for a couple of years. Um, it, they're 28, 29. Tarasenko's 31. It's a different yeah. market for those players. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to get into more into this after 12.30. We're going to have some guests join us after 12.45. I'm waiting to confirm who's going to be joining us, but uh, someone within the Winnipeg Jets organization, a player, perhaps Jimmy Roy, uh, head of uh, director of player development here, is going to be joining us, but we'll wait and see how things come up. But, Jamie, thanks so much. Really appreciate you, you popping on, man. Thanks, guys. Boom. You're wow, fist bump. Blow that one Run up. into the dressing room now in my old running shoes. Talk to you guys later. <laughs> you, you need to get <laughs> Let's some, take a break some on new the kicks s- and some new skates while you're down there. <laughs> Not in the budget. Talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> we'll check in on the Sports Minute when we come back. After that, hey, this has been 10 years since a, a Canadian uh, NHL team signed a deal with a, a specific player. We'll get into that. And how did that work out? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, not very well. Uh, and then we'll talk more about this Tarasenko, this this sort of weird – I don't know if I've ever heard anything like this before, Jim. Um, this is sort of a very, very unique situation, but I think it really ties into how this might affect the Jets, and we'll get into a conversation that we just started. Lots more Jets at noon. I'm down at the Hockey for All Center. I'm going to be here to, for the rest of today, and I'm going to be here for tomorrow as well, live on location uh, at uh, Winnipeg Jets Development Camp. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Well, let's uh, add three guys in three different places because Kelly Moore is joining me right here. And he was just in the dressing room uh, talking to some of the new prospects for the Winnipeg Jets. Hey, Jim, I guess you wouldn't know that. You're you're over there. Well, I believe he is. I believe anytime there's Jet stuff, Kelly's there, and he's he's talking to the people who are talking to them. And, and Skylar Peters is in a different room, so there's four of us in three different places, and that's how we cover things at 680 CJOB. <laughs> Nonstop, what? all-around coverage. Garth Brooks wrote a song about that many years ago. <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> he did, yeah. Friends in low places. That's right. That's all and it was a <laughs> just, hit. Just, just, yeah, just friends in three places. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> so you were able to catch up with uh, Elias Solomonson as well as uh, Nikita Chibrikov and yeah. I guess just impressions uh, on them as well as the, the second day here of On Ice. Well, you know, both guys have kind of caught my eye. And, and again, it's, you know, I get asked a lot, you know, how are the guys looking? How are the guys yeah, looking? Yeah. And, and Cam, you've been here, so you've mm-hmm. seen, you know, basic drills. I mean, today there were a lot of times sprints mm-hmm. uh and there were uh, uh the uh, it was the beeper drill where they skate back and forth and uh, they go on the beep uh, remember well, it well yeah pretty soon it's is that bleep and beep going again <laughs> yeah. by the end of that drill so you know i mean as far as uh, you know what you would maybe see in a scrimmage or you would see in three on three drills and that sort of thing there just hasn't been a whole lot of that in uh, this camp uh, but uh, i mean chubrakov's shot really uh, was noticeable yesterday and and Solomon said what a beautiful skater he is uh, that's the thing that uh, you know kind of catches your eye uh, there and uh, you know with Elias uh, had a tremendous year in Sweden uh, and uh, suffered the broken leg wasn't able to play in the world junior tournament uh, which would have been great to, to watch him on that stage but then came back and had a strong playoff run so he's still under contract to a Swedish team for one more year mm-hmm. uh, we talked uh, a little bit after the uh, interview process was over so he's really looking forward to going back to sweden having another strong year staying healthy to play in the world junior tournament uh, this year and yeah. then the plan would be to come over uh, and turn north america
American pro for the start of the 24-25 season. And the reality is here, Kelly, and everybody gets excited because there's so much potential here. And I think the people have a right to be excited. But the reality is these guys are still two, three years away. And the guys at the top end, and we just had Jamie Thomas on speaking to him, uh, and he talked about Solomonson, and he said he might be one of those guys that's a little bit closer than some of the others. Yeah, just because of the amount of time that he's going to stay in Sweden and the level that he's playing at uh, in Sweden. I still think, depending on where the Jets are uh, at the start of the 24-25 season, you know, what kind of opportunities would be available on the blue line, you would think, uh, with some of the uh, uh, contracts that uh, are coming to an end of the uh, you know, when 23-24 wraps up, maybe that blue line will look radically different. Uh, but, uh, you know, when you think, guys, uh, you know, now you go back to the Andrew Kopp trade. You know, you've got Morgan Barron, who's been playing. You've got Brad Lambert, who's probably going to start the year with the Moose, but yep. who knows? And now you add Solomonson onto that, uh, uh, you know, that list. I mean, yeah. you know, th- those two trades, Kopp and Pierre-Luc Dubois, Kevin Shoveldayoff has done a pretty nice job with those two deals, hasn't he? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, he has indeed. Uh, what you make of the business getting done around the Jets um, with the Dylan Sandberg deal, Kelly? And, and what sort of same question we asked Jamie Thomas. Um, everybody seems to be a bit of a holding pattern. I, everybody kind of thinks Kevin Chavaldeoff yeah. will lock up these RFAs and, and just know what they will do and then sort of reevaluate the lineup and, and what may happen. But um, that's that seems like good business for Dylan Sandberg and the Jets. It is, and I think you know it's a little bit of a compromise for both. I mean, you know, a half a million dollar a year raise. I know that's no big deal to you, Toth, but for Cam and I, that's cool money. You know, so I, I can mean, get it, that extra pop down at the exactly. At the yeah. shop, you know let, what I mean? I'll let you, you grab, both both know what that's like when it happens. Yeah, you could grab a couple of extra hot dogs tomorrow night at uh, <laughs> at IG Field. But you know, in all seriousness, I mean, you know, it's it's not an insignificant raise that Dylan Sandberg received. You know, it's about a half a million a year. Uh, now, in NHL parlance, maybe that's, you know, chump change, but still, uh, I think that there is, uh, you know, something that's been uh, sent as a message to the te- by the team to Dylan Sandberg. Hey, we liked what we saw last year, but we think there's more there. And I would think Dylan Sandberg and the Winnipeg Jets are both real interested to see how this 23-24 season goes based on what we also saw at the World Championship Tournament. I think yeah. that's going to help Dylan uh, a great deal. And, you know, one of the things he talked about over there, uh, and, and he was being pushed by, uh, you know, the coaching staff here, you know, to, to show off those offensive skills that he has. We think of him as a shot blocker. We think of him as playing a good, safe, reliable, defensive hard to play against game but there's a little bit more offense there uh, and I agree with Jamie I think as much as this contract leaves just one year before he gains unrestricted free agency when it comes to an end uh, I think that you'll probably see something done if things go the way that the Winnipeg Jets and Dylan Sandberg are anticipating uh, Morgan Barron filing for arbitration uh, Kelly though, a little surprising to you a little bit yeah I, I kind of thought maybe uh, you know because he had modest offensive stats that there wouldn't be a whole lot there but you know even even for the players who did not uh, who don't have who uh, uh, weren't uh, arbitration eligible rather, mm-hmm. they could still negotiate off the qualifying offer. They don't have to sit there and take it. And who knows what the yeah. qualifying offer was for Dylan Sandberg. And maybe there was some negotiation off of that as well. So, uh, I, I, yeah, maybe a little bit of a surprise, but uh, it'll be a much bigger surprise if that even gets to arbitration. 
100%. Yeah, indeed. Um, along with this camp going forward, uh, Kelly, uh, how many of these guys do you think, and, and we think we know the names, but how many do you think will be at camp, and, and do you think there'll be any opportunity at this camp? Uh, you know, just going quickly off of, uh, I would say, you know, guys like Jilkin, Chibrikov, uh, Milich, uh, Jokin and Chibrikov because they finished uh, the year, uh, you know, uh, with uh, the Manitoba Moose uh, in their midst. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I would think beyond that, you're going to see most of these guys go back to their club teams. Uh, you know, for uh, Colby Barlow will come here for camp, Jim, uh, if that's what you're meaning in the fall. But, uh, you know, it, it would be just for the experience. So, uh, what, there's 29 players here, 19 of them are prospects. Uh, uh, off the top of my head, I haven't counted the list. I would say maybe seven to ten. Yeah, and that's what I meant. Just numbers. Like, I think yeah. they, they know the names and stuff, but I think a lot of people yeah. look at this, and uh, that's what everybody thinks, right? Wow, this looks good. Reality is three to four years away from these guys making an impact on the Jets lineup, but just who would be in and around main camp? Yeah, yeah. You know, a guy like Tyrell Bauer is a real interesting case study. I mean, uh, here's a guy that, uh, you know, had a tremendous overage season in Seattle and, uh, you know, is certainly had a, uh, I, I don't want to call it a coming out year with the Manitoba Moose, but I would certainly think uh, from the aspect of the progress that he made uh, that uh, there's certainly a, a lot more upside there. So, you know, Tyrell Bauer is a guy that I think uh, will be very interesting to watch over the next season or two. Absolutely. Let's uh, take a break. Let's let's pause on the other side. Uh, and just, I'm not going to name names, but one of my, and I mean this, not just because he's here, <laughs> one of my all-time favorite hockey players from the 22 years I did play-by-play. Absolutely. Well, he's just standing by. He's going to be jumping on here. Not uh, No brown nosing or anything like that, Kelly. Absolutely. He knows it, too. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be joining us right after this. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Welcome back to the show down at Hockey for All Center. Uh, Jim Toth, he's downtown in uh, our beautiful building up there on uh, 201 Portage. we got Kelly Moore. He's here as well as the uh, Director of Player Development with the Winnipeg Jets, Jimmy Roy, uh, joining us. Jimmy, how you doing? Good, thank you. And I don't mean the one downtown. I'm not talking to you, Jim. (laughs) I'm doing not as good as Jimmy. I got a lot of things going on, but Jimmy's doing great. Uh, Good to have you on board, Jimmy, and uh, on the show. I wanted to ask you, and I know this is an age question, but how has what you were saying to the team uh, or the rookies at development camp on Monday changed from when you were first getting into pro hockey? Um, I think probably when I started um relationships nowadays it's 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 kids are uh, maybe on their phones a little more or their uh um you know their ipads watching tv there's apps there's all kinds of things out there but you know when i first started playing we didn't have phones so you you had to build relationships you had to talk to people you um and and it's okay now that maybe there aren't as many relationships but i think it's just something that we have to get back to and 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 working on i, I liked what you said have the confidence to put your phone down when you're having a meal with somebody and just have a conversation. I like that. Yeah. It, it, it and it does it does it does take confidence to sit there in silence for a minute and, and look somebody in the eye or <laughs> or you know not feel that urge. I do it now. I you know not to feel that urge. Okay, what am I going to do here? I'm I'm looking awkward. I'm bored, right? Well, you know, hey, how are you? Where are you from? What's your mom and dad's name? You got a brother? What does he do? What you yeah. know, like 
that's how you build relationships. Is, is like the, the start of this just to like make these guys feel like they're in the National Hockey League and NHLers? I, I think so. It's, or or, or on, on, the, on the path to, to getting there. Yeah, you know, like I, I talked to a few guys about it the last, uh, last couple of days. You know, because we haven't had one in so long. These guys have never been to a developed camp. This whole group, right? So it's almost like our first camp all over again. And um, making them realize they're having the ability to come in and, and see the trainers, um, meet the coaches, see the arena. Um, you know, like I was talking to uh, Dominic DiVicentes, and, you know, he's like, we were walking downtown to the to go for lunch, and he's like, I've never been downtown. And he came to training camp last year, right? And, and I was like, yeah, uh, I guess so, you know. Like, you never came to a development camp. So I, we were talking about how much easier it is for him, would it have been if he came to development camp and got to go downtown, got yeah. to go see the big ring, mm. got to do these things, rather than just being thrown right into the fire, you know? Yeah. So... For as much as you want players to enjoy their summers and, and stick to a routine and a training routine and getting stuff, there is value in being able to come into Winnipeg for the week, see the trainers, and, and meet the people. And when you come back in the fall, you're a little more at ease. Yeah, It's almost like orientation for going to college. Yeah, totally. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, get a tour of the campus, find out which rooms you're going to be in. Yeah. Yeah. And along those lines, Jimmy, um, watching the photos of those guys in the room at Canada Life Center, and, and you know, the old adage, and I'm sure that's the one thing that has never changed over your time in hockey, is once you get drafted or get signed, then the real work begins. Like, you've accomplished that, but now you've got to get to work. And watching those guys in that room, it just, you could tell that, you know, months from now when they're back in college or back in junior and they're watching a Jets game on TV, like, that, that'll resonate with them, right? Like, I want to get to that room eventually. Yeah, I, I think so. I, um, you know, to play in the National Hockey League, it, it, there's only uh, 750 jobs, or I don't know how many there are now with the teams they're adding and stuff, yeah. but <laughs> there's only so many jobs in the National Hockey League, and, and nobody's going to hand you their job, right? Like, no one's going to say, oh, well, I don't want to play in the NHL anymore. Here <laughs> you go, right? So, mm-hmm. um, to, and, and, and we tell kids, you're never going to do that if you're there, right? So don't expect somebody else to do it. So now the work begins. Um, you know, not that it hasn't before, not that they haven't put in the work, but just the realization of, of what you need to do. We're able to give them some direction and, and some feedback. And, and, you know, Mike has had some great experiences. Um, Mike Keaton, you're talking Mike about. Mike Keaton, yeah. yeah, 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 sorry. Um, you know, like we always tell kids um, we can get them from both angles because in, in, in realizing what they need to do, you know, Mike Keaton, he was never drafted. He's got three Stanley Cups with three different teams, you know. 12 to, I can't even remember how many hundreds of games. He's over a 1,000 games in the NHL. Um, But drafted. You know, myself, on the other hand, I got drafted, never played a game. So Mike can tell you what you need to do. I can tell you what not to do. Right, so whatever you want to take, we'll try and help you with what we can. And, and the message too, as well. I mean, I also liked what you said about the coach isn't always going to be there putting a fire under your butt. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're, you're going to have to. If if someone if you're gonna you're gonna have to do this yourself in a lot of ways, there's gonna be a lot of people there to help you. Yeah. But if you're not gonna have that drive, you're gonna get left behind. Yeah. It's it's um, you know what? You have to be able to coach yourself. Yeah. You know, like you have to. You you may have strength coaches. You may have a skills coach. You may have coaches like we've had had on on the ice, but. You have to coach yourself with the details of the game. Somebody can tell you what to do, tell you about the details, but you're the person that actually has to do it and do it on a consistent basis, regular basis, um, to get better. And realizing what you need to get better at is a huge part of the process. When you're battling for a puck and you fall down in the corner 
and you lose that battle, why did you lose that battle? Was it because of your foot speed? Was it because of your strength? Um, whatever it was, your puck skills, whatever it was, you have to have enough ability to coach yourself, recognize why you lost it, and then take the next step and actually work on it to get better. Because if you don't work on it to get better, it's never going to happen for you. Jimmy, you broke into the pros in 97. So, you know, we're talking 25 years ago. Yeah. Uh, Do we have so, to? So, well, yeah, <laughs> sort of. Uh, I just, because y- y- how things have changed. Players are so much smarter now. There's so much more available to them as far as a knowledge base is concerned. So uh, have you seen, just with this development camp compared to even 2019, uh, how smarter these kids are about how they handle themselves off the ice? And I'm thinking primarily diet and training. Yeah, um, I think there's a lot more individual focus on what they need. Like you said, diet, training, but more focus on specific things. If players need, um, let's say I'm just going to go with foot speed, right? Yeah. There's a distinct, um, uh, whether they have help from a track coach to work on their foot speed, they can, they can translate that into a skating coach. There's just different things and a lot more individuality into what they need. If a kid needs nutrition. Um, and, and, and we can do it ourselves. Hey, here's a nutrition program for you. Take everything that you put in your body for a week. Write down every single thing you put in your body. We'll, we'll give it to our nutritionist. She'll analyze it, and we can help you, you know, change your body format. Or, or there's things that, that our organization does just to, to help players the best we can. Along those lines, too, um, how coddled are these players coming out of junior? And I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean that, like, to live on their own is a huge big step, whether they're hockey players or not. How much does the organization work on that with some of these players? Um, I, I think it's a big part of the process. It's it's interesting um, where players have played, you know, like the maturity level um, of a junior player is different that of a college player is different that of a European player. European mm-hmm. players... Um, tend to be living on their own in their own apartment sometimes at 15 16 years yeah. old right wow. because they've moved away from their yeah. small town to move to the bigger city and and that's the way it is or they maybe have a roommate or not but um so they tend to be a little more mature and look being able to look after themselves um you know the, the, the junior players um seem to be mature as well but they seem to have some stuff they're you know they're they're yeah. fed and watered and you know yeah. they've come out of a billet family yeah which like is okay that. too right because because maybe they're maybe they're a little more physically stronger physically because they've had somebody looking after them yeah. and helping them you know um the college kid is maybe a little more mentally mature because they've been able to do things outside of the game and yeah. and you know yeah they're trying to be a pro and stuff but maybe they're a little more mental so there's just different types of maturity level on all levels has the learning about the players kind of stopped already or because is it in 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 terms of like being able to to identify the player what they need and and how you or and your staff would approach um you know developing that player what do you mean like when it when we as soon as we get them no like it, what um how is is it is it an ongoing pro of course it's an ongoing process and how, how to deal with it but is it sort of become more ironed out over the course of this of these four or five days where it's like okay i know how to get to this player i now know a little bit more about how to oh get to no this it player. takes yeah. it, it it takes time like yeah. it, it's not a um um it starts when they're drafted mm-hmm. right that's when it starts um but it takes time to get to know a player um and their tendencies, not only on the ice, but what type of person they are, what they'll respond to, um, you know, communication. Um, are they good at getting back to us? Can we? What's our communication going to be like? What, uh, you know, are they comfortable 
talking with us or do, is there barriers, barriers we kind of got to break down and stuff because some kids are just shyer than others. Um, you know, and that's just the, that's the off-ice stuff on building a relationship yeah, with a player. Yeah. <laughs> then, then, then you think of how you're going to be able to talk to them about what they need to do at the, the pro level compared to the junior level or the college level, right? Yeah, we'll have to leave it there. Uh, uh, Jimmy Roy joining us, Director of uh, Player Development with the Winnipeg Jets. Jim, thanks so much. That was a fantastic awesome. conversation. Uh, and, yeah, appreciate you taking the time. Thanks, guys. All right. Kelly? I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Yep. I, I will hold you to that. Okay. I that. better. I better. Uh, and, uh, Jim, I know you're not in tomorrow, but uh, you take care, okay? You as well. Have a great weekend. Another have a great show tomorrow. I know. They're, they, Another they, day off for Toast. Does anybody up. keep track of that? They stack Or does up. that just come under the half-million-dollar bonus agreement? <laughs> I'm, well, I'm going to call, in, each, I'm gonna call in tired and make it a long weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> He's like Scrooge McDuck, right? He just... <laughs> Just bathes in those millions. Anyways, Jim, you take care, okay? Yeah, all the best, Uh, That's it for me. I will be back. I'm going to be, yeah, I'll be back here at Jets Development Camp at Hockey for All Center uh, tomorrow. Lots of fun. Lots more fun to come tomorrow as well. See ya.